Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Glory to God. Isn't the Lord good? Deuteronomy chapter 8 this evening. Real quick, we've got a few minutes we can teach here. We've studied, we've started uh, a, a, a little series on supernatural finances, prosperity. Um, clear up a couple of things that were said last week. I say things many times without saying everything I should say about it. Uh, one of the reasons I did mention a couple of things, churches are a good format to be taught the Word of God, to learn the Word, not everything that hangs its hat on what they call faith or the Word of God, Word of Faith, Christian television, all these other kind of things, lines up with the Word of God. Last week I made an, a, 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 a a statement about people calling themselves uh, uh, people that had an anointing for prosperity uh, without expanding on it probably as much as I should have. So let's just think about that for just a moment. Number one, every person in the body of Christ has an anointing to prosper because of what Jesus has done for us in Christ. There is no isolated or secluded individual in the New Testament or the Old Testament that had a particular anointing other than the anointing that was granted them because of the covenant that they walked in. Now, let me just help you real quick because I know there's a lot of people out there that are raising money. We have spring telethons, fall telethons, this telethon, that telethon, all these preachers up, everybody preaching on money. Everybody talking about the great financial anointing they have upon their life. Uh, and the proof is all their stuff. Amen. The proof of the anointing uh, uh, for finances on my life is all my stuff. Look at all my stuff. Well, first of all, there's such a thing as good businessmen. Secondly, because of mask, mass marketing, there are a lot of people that know how to gather a lot of money because of marketing. Amen. Now, you must understand that there is a difference between what we do here at Island Church and, quote, raising money. You say, what do you mean? I don't know. There might have been one or two times in particular, maybe during a banquet um, or some other time when we were doing something when I, in, in which I directly geared a message toward money and then received uh, an offering afterward. Uh, did it for a purpose, maybe for building fund, maybe for something else we were doing. But actually, the way we receive uh, tithing and offering uh, here at the church is basically an opportunity we afford you. You say, what do you mean? Your uh, 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 tithing and offering, your obedience to God financially uh, needs an outlet, needs a way to be expressed. And we allow that Sunday mornings, both services, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We don't do it on Tuesday night. That's our prayer night. We keep things focused on prayer. Now, all it is is an opportunity. That's it. You have to make the choice. We don't force people. We don't uh, uh, twist people's arm. We don't try to manipulate. Uh, we don't cry about, oh, if you don't give, we're going to not be able to do this. Or if you do give, we can do that. We don't do anything like that. Uh, we share the word of God with you. We make a little confession. We make it easy. And we keep it simple. Uh, one of the things about uh, those that are motivational givers, it talks about in Romans chapter 12, certain people are gifted by God to just gather money and they just desire to give it into the body of Christ. But the, body, the Bible says of people that are motivational givers, they need to do it with simplicity, which means that all of our giving needs to be simple. There shouldn't be all this complicated mumbo-jumbo, sleight of hand, sleight of word, amen, 
And so the trend that has taken place over the years, once you begin to gather a great viewing audience or a mass of people, it becomes very easy to manipulate that mass. You can do it with you know, all different types of methods. Some people are masters at that method, at that, at those methods. I saw it years ago. Uh, I see it today. Uh, uh, they're basically people that know how to say things to you that make you consider something differently than you would consider it as if it was only the Word of God. You say, what do you mean? Let me give you an example. If I were to get up here and say, now the Bible says to give, and it'll come back to you, good manager, press down, shaking together, running over. And if we obey that, then that scripture is true for us. Now we're going to receive the tithing and offering, so we receive it, and that's it. But if I got up here and said something like this, you know, today I was in prayer. And in prayer, a great anointing came upon me. And as this anointing came upon me, the Holy Ghost began to speak to me and say to me that every person that came to the service tonight that would give $1,000, that same anointing would be released into your life. And I guarantee you that if you'll write a check to me for $1,000 right now into our building fund or into this or into that, then I guarantee you the anointing that's upon me right now, it'll get upon you and your finances will be blessed and you will prosper. Amen. Now, one thing that's very dangerous, because if that is not true, then you're lying. And if you lie to the Holy Ghost, you can end up like Ananias and Sapphira. So people are very careful in how they structure their sentences, their words, the things they say. But here, let me just help you because I'm, try- I'm not trying to give you, get you to give more money to Island Church or anything like that. I'm trying to protect the money that you got. Amen? So that you can be blessed. Anybody that gets up and tells you, I have an anointing, and if you give to me, then that anointing will come over on you. First of all, we don't have any scriptural basis for that. Secondly, that is actually manipulation appealing to your greed. That's what that is. That's a manipulation appealing to your greed, and that is not how the kingdom of God operates. The kingdom of God operates by us willfully giving, according to the word, in tithing and offering outside of or apart from any, quote, gifting or anointing or anything else. Amen. You say, well, how can you say that? God has tremendously blessed the church for thousands of years. And when I say the church, I mean the nation of Israel and the church proper since the the, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has financed it. God has promoted it. God has increased it. And God has blessed it without anybody having a special anointing for money. How many churches have been built before, quote, the special anointing? How many missionaries lived their life out on the mission field and had all the money they need when they were on the mission field and did what God called them to do and and, and transferred their, 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 their work to their children and their grandchildren and never had, quote, the special anointing? You say, you, you, you're, you're, just, you're, you're just trying to make fun. No, I'm trying to help you understand that there's a lot of that out there. And if you're not careful, number one, you can get caught up in the emotion of that and understanding that it appeals to your greed because every one of us have a little something about greed on the inside of us. And if you don't think you do, then we'll help cast the lying devil out of you with the greedy devil. Amen? Amen? But I've seen the extremes where people talk about, there's an angel standing next to me. Uh, one particular guy, he, he, put a, he put a spiral staircase up 
in a platform at the top of the staircase and he was carrying in all of the pledges and all the offerings and he says, now that angel is hanging out at the top of the staircase and when I get up there and present your gift and offering, then a great anointing will come on you for your finances. Well, you know, come on, man. If we stay with the word of God, here's one thing, we stay safe. And God will bless us and God will increase us. And we don't have to play all those manipulation games. And all the, because if it's not manipulation, many times it's guilt. The big, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, you have to. You're obligated. You're sitting in here breathing our air conditioning and enjoying our lights and listening to our sound system. You're obligated to get, well, that's, that's all. Listen, just put a gun on me, you know, come on. No, our doors are open. Come on in. Breathe our air conditioning. We'll pay the bills. You don't have to put any money in the offering. Enjoy our lights. Read your Bible. No, you don't. That's not an issue between you and the church, you and the pastor, you and the staff, you and the praise team. It's an issue between you and your God. Settle it there, and you'll do just fine. So does that help a little bit? I hope it does. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verse, eh, where can we start this? 11. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. Boy, that's a good word right there. In not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Now notice this. Least when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built godly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied. Now, now here's a good opportunity to uh, run, shout, jump, and dance. Because if your herds, your flocks, and your silver and your gold has not yet been multiplied, then that means it's God's will for it to happen. You just need to hang in there till it does. Amen. You say, how can you say that? My Bible says all the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen, to the glory of God by us. And if God said it to Israel with a lesser covenant, then it's even more prevalent for us today in a greater covenant based on greater promises. So if you've not gotten your house and you've not gotten your lands and your herds and your flocks, whatever that may mean to you, or your silver and your gold, whatever that may mean to you, then hang in there. If you will tithe and offer and be faithful and operate your finances according to the word of God, God will multiply it. Mm -mm. And when thy herds, thy flocks multiply, thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thy hast is multiplied. Well, Pastor, it hadn't happened yet. Hang in there. And thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, when were fiery serpents. Everybody say fiery serpents. Scorpions and drought. That's not conducive. To see time and harvest. Amen. And there was no water who brought, thee, who brought forth water out of the rock of Flint. Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna. Which thy fathers knew not that he might humble thee. And that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thy say in thine heart, my power and my might hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, 
which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. God is still into establishing his covenant through his people on the earth today. Listen, he did it to such an extent with the nation of Israel that the Jewish people are still known for not only their wealth, but their ability to handle wealth. Amen. I mean, if you want somebody to handle your finances, find a Jewish person. If you want somebody to sell you, a, you know, a good piece of jewelry or something, like, you find a Jewish person. You say, why would you say that? Well, number one, God gave all the wisdom on how to cut those rocks and turn them into stones. He gave that to the Jewish people. Did you know that's who he gave it to? So they've not only operated in that covenant and gathered that wealth, but they've kept it. Listen, this is amazing. They have kept it and increased it even though the time period of their covenant has come to an end and God is operating in another covenant right now, their covenant for finances was so strong, they're still operating it and being blessed in it today. I remember when I went to Israel in 1985, Dad took me over there after I graduated from Bible school, everything a Jewish person had was beautiful and green and flourishing and producing fruit, and everything an Arab person had was dirt. Nothing grew on it. It was amazing to me that the promises of God were still true to his people. And it's that way today. So remember, God is the one that gives you whatever ability you may have right now. You may, you may have an ability to, uh, uh, to be a security guard. You may have a, an ability to be a, work at a restaurant. You may have an ability to uh, work some other job, to work at an aerospace. I don't know what. But whatever that ability is that you have, God gave you that. And he gave it to you. Now listen to me very closely. He gave it to you as a resource that through that resource you could operate in this covenant. Now notice the word I used. He gave it to you as a resource. You say, why would you say a resource? Because he is your source. There's one source and many resources. So you say, well, pastor, my, my, my resource really isn't, isn't, isn't working as well as I'd like it to. Well, either pray about that resource increasing or maybe God's got another resource for you. Most of the time, we don't recognize the word resource, but they're called jobs or businesses. Amen? I mean, that was hard for me when the Lord spoke to me, literally. I mean, weeks, two or three weeks after I came back to the Lord. I was looking for a job. I was thinking about how to get back into the, into the rodeo business. For what? To make money. Got to eat. You don't work, you don't. And God spoke to me in prayer one day very specifically, very strongly. And he said to me, you will never work in the secular world again. You'll be in the ministry all your life. And I'm like, I think I'd preached one time, got a $50 offering. I'm like, man, how is this going to work? Well, I had to learn later that offerings are just a resource. That's all they are. I had to learn how to take the offerings and tithe and offer and speak the word of God and use wisdom and use faith and expect God to multiply it in order to live on the earth. And God has blessed us. Amen. The same thing is true for you. God has given you a resource. You take that resource out of that resource. You tithe. You offer. Now listen, tithing and offering... It's one thing, but it's also something else to live by the wisdom of the Word of God in the money that God allows you to keep for yourself. Because a lot of people's problem is really not the money they have coming in. It's the money they have going out. 
They've proven. I, I, I watched the, 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 uh, the, the show on the, uh, uh, I believe it was the History Channel. It talked about the curse of the lottery was actually the name of the, the, the show that I watched. The curse of the lottery. And it showed all these people uh, in the state of Texas. It was from 19, uh, 19, I believe 1990 to the year 2000, a 10-year study of all of the people that had won. And le- the least, I think the least anybody won was $3.5 million. The most at that time was something like $68 million. And the statistics of what happened to the people that won the money was alarming. The, the divorce rate was up in the 60 percentile. But what was more alarming than that was the bankruptcy rate rate was higher than the divorce rate. Because if you cannot handle, if you make $25,000 a year and you can't handle $25,000 a year, what makes you think giving you 50 is going to bless you? If you make $40,000 a year and you can't handle $40,000 a year, what makes, make, what makes you think giving you 80000 The world has proven that. Let me tell you how prosperity begins. This will help you. So so you're just getting into the job market. You're not making, you know, $150,000 a year, $200,000, dollars $500,000 a year. You you break into the job market at a low level, $18,000, $22,000, $24,000 a year. And you live a year and it's tough. You barely make your payments. You drive an old beat-up car. You eat ramen noodles at night. You do the best you can trying to tithe off or save a little money. But you start digging in the Word of God. You start confessing the Word. You're faithful to tithe. You're faithful to offer. Then the next year, what will happen the next year is you make that same $24,000. But next thing you notice, hmm, I've got money in the bank. I went on a vacation and a missions trip. Huh, I'm wearing new clothes. I bought a new car. But I have the same amount of money. Now you're seeing how God prospers. And when you can learn to handle what you have, God will increase it. But it's not until you can handle what you have that God will increase it because it has been proven money, throwing money at a problem does not solve it. Amen. So here we have Israel. And God is speaking to Israel. And he's saying, now listen, your herds, now they hadn't gone in and possessed the promised land yet. This is, this, is, this is a prophecy to them. Your herds are going to multiply. Your silver is going to multiply. Your gold is going to multiply. But when it all happens and when you're all blessed, remember, it was me that did it. And I gave you the ability, that's power and everything, to get wealth so that your covenant, so that my covenant may be established in the earth. Now, let me help you. Israel started out on a momentous day in which God delivered them out of Egypt by judging the ten demonic gods of the Egyptian nation. They came out literally with the wealth of Egypt, with their gold, with their silver, with their cattle. They came out, the Bible says, he healed them all. There wasn't one feeble one among them, so they were all healed. Great healing revival took place. They went out, now now listen, they went out into the desert where not one nickel of any of that stuff could do them any good. There wasn't anybody out there selling air conditioners. There wasn't anybody out there selling water. There wasn't anybody out there selling hamburgers, umbrellas, or nothing. There was nothing. I mean, here, what if you have a whole handful of gold bars, but there's nowhere to spend it? So they have all this wealth and nothing to do with it. But God used that wealth 
to establish the tabernacle, the priesthood, the way they worshiped God, and he taught them how to give. They lived by the miraculous. You say, what do you mean? They lived by the miraculous, needing a miracle every day to survive. The problem with a lot of people in the body of Christ today live by the same method. Financially, they stay one paycheck from disaster. Financially, there's really no talk about going on a vacation. There's really no talk about maybe going on a mission trip with the church. Now, it's very difficult unless the church can help bring the money in to send the children to camp. The kids can't go to camp. We've got, because we live from paycheck to paycheck, from, from, from penny to dime to nickel to quarter, and, and we need... We need our manna every day or we're not going to make it. And if a day comes when our manna doesn't come, then we're not going to make it. But see, that's not God's best. It's not that God can't sustain you like that, but he can't bless you like that. That was not the will of God for the children of Israel, and that's not the will of God for the church today. The will of God for the children of Israel was to go into the promised land and possess and enter into a system in which they could use the wealth of Egypt in order to buy and sell and barter and do business and do commerce and grow banks and grow lending institutions. and grow. God gave them all the structure and instruction for that, but they had to get to the place where they had a place to possess and a place to sow and a place to reap. What's unique about manna is this. It's consumed with the need. And most people, their financial, every financial miracle, they, they man, we were believing God for $1,000, and it came in the mail. Well, what'd you do with it? Well, we had to get the tires fixed on the car. We had to get the washing machine fixed, and, and we had to do this and do that, and we had to do this and do that, and, and it's all gone. It was consumed with the need. It was manna. But that's not the will of God. Just like it was the will of God for Israel to go in and possess the promised land, it is, that is a type of the believer going into the Word of God and possessing every promise that God has given us in the Word, including Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? Talks about giving, sowing bountifully, reaping bountifully. Talks about how Jesus came and took our poverty so that we through him might be made rich. Talks about seeking first the kingdom of God and all these other what? Things will be added to you. So there's an enormous amount of scripture. We're going to look at a lot of it in the next few weeks about how to go in and possess what belongs to you financially so that God can multiply what you have and you can operate in what God gives you, see it increased and blessed and you can have more. You say, well, do, do I really, is that really what I want? That's really what you want. That's really what you want in the kingdom of God. To where that God increases you and blesses you and multiplies you and makes you daring and makes you bold where nothing ever matters anymore when it comes to what does something cost, what does this have, what does that have. You quit learning how to afford things and you start learning how to possess things. Because most people only, they only buy what they can afford. 
But what if God says, go possess this or go possess that? God told us to possess this building. We could not afford it. I mean, if we would have went into a budget meeting and looked at the budget of what was coming into the church at the time and said, okay, you know, can we afford to, uh, to go and take 15,000 square foot of property uh, over on 69th Street and spend close to a million dollars to restore it, uh, not to restore it, but to build it out and make it into a church? Uh, can we do it? There's no way we could do it. There's no way. There's no way. It wasn't on paper. It didn't add up. You could not do it. You could not do it in the natural. In the natural. But seek ye first. And, you know, it was. Some of you that were around, I know Roland and Dad and Alan, some of the others that were around, we started out, and we didn't have anything. We were like, okay, and it, 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 it sat here. And then another month, it sat here. And then all of a sudden, just like you flipped a switch on, next thing you know, we found somebody that could begin to frame out the walls. And when we found somebody that could frame out the walls, we looked in our accounts, and we had enough money to do it. And we took a building fund offering. And you know, y'all that were here, y'all remember? We weren't taking building fund offerings every Sunday. If you don't give, we can't build. If you don't this, you can. No, just once a month, we took a building fund offering. And then we would come and we would take that money. And next thing you know, somebody, I remember somebody came into the church and gave, what, a $14,000 check? Somebody came in and gave something else? Somebody came in and gave. And next thing you know, we looked around and here we were. And we're like, man, how did that happen? Well, it is he that gave us the ability. Everybody say the ability. Notice what it says. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power. That actually word power in the Hebrew is ability in every area. Now notice what it says. To get wealth. Now let me close with this. My time's up. It does not say that God gives you wealth. Now that's something you need to listen very closely to when you listen to the people who the angel is going to pray over your offering and they're going to send it to heaven and all this is going to happen, you know. And you're going to get all this special money or, or you get the, the, let's see, what was it I heard the other night? You get the, the, the green cloth for prosperity, the red cloth for healing, the, and then the guy started begging for money at the end. I said, why don't you use that green cloth? Amen. Why don't you just, you know, he's talking about the green cloth is for prosperity. You know, he talked about go rub it on your checkbook. Go rub it on your checkbook. And I, then he starts talking about, now, if y'all don't start buying these cloths, you know, we're going to have a hard time staying on this channel. I thought, man, why don't you take that green cloth and go rub it on your checkbook? Just, just a thought. Amen. But God doesn't give us material. God gives us spiritual. He'll give you insights. He'll give you ideas. He'll give you concepts. He'll, he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll give you the contract when it seems like somebody else should have had it. He'll give you favor. That means you're preferred over others. People don't even know why they prefer you. They prefer your business. They prefer you at the job. They, uh, there's special preference given towards you. You think, why is this going on? Why is this happening? God is blessing you. We saw that after the storm when companies would come in and do things. Uh, the, the first thing that happened to us before we found out we didn't have any uh, flood insurance we had a company come in and begin to do a tear-out. And they, they did a tear-out, uh, you know, uh, I guess they went maybe three days or four days, sweetie, and their bill was $120,000. So, so we had 30000 All the money we had on the planet was $30,000. So I remember going right out here to the parking lot to the guy that was the head of the, head of the uh, Blackman Mooring. Uh, Blackman Mooring was the name. And I went and I, and I had that check for $30,000. had Blackman Mooring. I said, I said, sir, this is all the money you have. But I promise you as a man of God, I will pay every dime of this $120,000.
I promise you I will do it. He looked at me real funny. He said, give me a minute. He walked over. I could see him on a cell phone. I could see him on a cell phone, shaking his head. I didn't, even, I didn't know what he was doing. I thought, I, I thought he might be talking to somebody, to, uh, talking to a lawyer to sue me or something, you know. Because it was like 120000 due now. Pay it. Because I came in and stopped the job. I came and said, stop. Don't tear, out another, don't tear out another board. I do not have the money to pay for this entire job. And so uh, I gave him the check, and he went over, and he came back. And he, he had this smile on his face. He said, he said Reverend, he said, uh, I was just on the phone with my boss, and my boss uh, told me 30000 would be just fine. And he wrote paid on that $120,000 bill. Well, that's just like getting a $90,000 offering, church. We had a miracle with the humidifiers that were put in here that would have cost us $250 a day. And we had miracle after miracle after miracle after blessing after blessing after blessing. But you know, that's the way God does it. And you, yourself, if you will realize, some of you, you say, man, I'll tell you, Pastor, uh, my business has been struggling. I've been struggling at my job. They've tried to cut my hours back. This has happened. That's happened. Your greatest tool is your words, is your mouth when it comes to your money. Many times we'll make great confessions over who we are in Christ, over our health and other things. But then when it comes to money, well, our own mouths will deny the faith that is in our heart. And we'll, we'll, we'll allow our mouth to nullify our faith. Well, we're not going to make it, honey. We can't pay this bill. We can't do that. No, you ought to say, I can do all things. The money will come in in the name of Jesus. We're going to have it in Jesus' name. And if you will allow your confession to stay on the level of your faith in your business, just start saying it. I'm going to get that contract. We're going to get that business. We're going to build that building. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to have this. We're going to do this increase. Because when you quit saying that, the enemy will come in and he'll continually tempt you through thoughts to say something counter to it. We're going to have to cut back. We have to lay off. We have to reduce wages. Cut out, cut back hours. What do you think is going to happen? By your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. The same faith you use for your health, the same faith you use for your salvation when it comes to who you are in Christ, the same faith that you use, guard your mouth, guard your lips. He's given you the ability. He's given you the power. It resides in you. It's in there. Your wealth, your millions are in there. The millions that you need, the millions in your business, the millions we need for our church, it's in here. It's, we've got it. It's in here. We're not going to let our mouths, we're not going to let our actions, we're not going to let anything stop us from doing what God's called us to do and receiving from God because I believe with all my heart in the midst of great economic turmoil, there will remain prosperity in the church, in the body of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. You love the Lord. Lift your hands up and worship Him. Father, we worship you tonight. Thank you that you give us the ability, you give us the power to obtain wealth so that your covenant is established in every area in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for it, Father. And I thank you tonight where there's been setbacks, where people have struggled, where, where, where things have happened in jobs and at businesses. And maybe we've even allowed our mouth uh, to say things that were not right. We repent of it tonight. And tonight we declare we are the blessed of God. We are the head, not the tail. We're above, not beneath. We lend and do not borrow. We are the blessed of God. We are the favored of God. We are the increased of God. And we operate in the covenant. And we live above this world's system. We thank you for that, Father. And Lord, we thank you that we do not have to 
involve ourselves in manipulation, in sensationalism, super spiritualism, or anything like that. We can simply walk in the faith and the simplicity of what you've given us in Christ and be blessed and prosper. And at the end of the day, we'll go in and possess what you said belongs to us in Jesus' name. And everyone says, hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services. Sunday morning, 1045. Tuesday prayer, 730. Thursday evening, midweek service, 730. We are located 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.